This week on the Weekly Kingdom Outlook, we're going to talk about a vision I had uh, about the coming revival tsunami. Let's go. Hey, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you. So glad. I'm putting this one out a little bit late. It's been kind of a um, strange week, to say the least. Uh, before I get uh, going with the coming moves and stuff like that, I want to um, just kind of take a moment to remember my friend Jeff uh, Jansen. Um, I met Jeff in 2009 down in uh, Deland, Florida. I actually went and picked him up at the airport. And... Um, because we both had this vision. We were both speaking at the same conference. We had not the similar visions, but visions of revival in America. And um, Jeff had one, if you haven't read it, called The Five Revival Angels and the Five Highways of Revival. I had one about the three angels coming to America to bring revival. And so in these um, in these visions, we, we started trading notes and talking and birth of friendship from there. We were both ministering at this conference, and and then I had Jeff come down to our church, and our church was already breaking through in the presence. Um, most of you don't know, uh, we started the Gate Church in 2007 by joining up with another church, and uh, me coming in there and kind of radically changing everything that they were doing because they were just, well, to be honest with you, weren't doing anything, and but they were hungry. The leader was hungry, at least, and um, we brought our, you know, our ministries together, and uh, I kind of took the lead and was bringing in revival, and I was committed solely to that, and it was what we did. And we saw a tremendous, tremendous breakthrough. Took about uh, started in October first of '07. By February or March, we started seeing miracles. We started seeing healing. We could feel God's presence was starting to like build in the place on Sunday mornings. <clears throat> and uh, by the time Jeff got there, the worship team was on track and. You know, I was able to um, really, it was really cultivating well. And we, I wanted to go to the next step. And Jeff came in and Jeff was just wowed by it. But Jeff also brought something to the place and broke us through really into um, the supernatural in the sense of after that. Well, during that meeting, we had some next level miracles where uh, someone received a gold tooth, someone uh you know, metal plates disappeared. Um, and then after that, uh, as we just kept pressing in as a church, we started seeing stuff like diamonds, feathers, gold dust, angels, all this stuff start happening. And I can remember uh, my my oldest son um, came into the, uh, I think it was my oldest or my youngest, I'm not sure. Now, I think it was my youngest, my oldest, came into my office with a colored gemstone and um, right at that moment, uh, Jeff had called me to prophesy to us that we were going to start seeing colored gemstones. He didn't know, like literally 30 seconds before that, my son came in with this. And I told him and it was like, you know, we've we've ministered back and forth to each other over the years and um, and uh, encourage each other. Um, you know, don't I don't I had someone call me someone's asked me you know why why they always want to know the why's and I I don't ask God the question why I just I feel like in this moment we offer God the worship 
the praise to his name. We know he does everything exceptionally well. We know he does everything perfectly. And, um, you know, Jeff's a friend. I did see him last year. You know, Jeff has been going through some stuff this last um, year and a half, you know, especially after the election, just the attacks were coming. And uh, I went up to see him and we sat in my hotel room for uh, roughly an hour and chatted about some things and talked. And um, I listened a lot of what he was going through and just we prayed and, you know, encouraged him, encouraged me. Um, and uh, he kind of, you know, um, well, it's it's just I'm, I'm very thankful for that um, relationship, that ministry that he brought, but his friendship. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person who, um, knows I didn't get here, even at what level I'm at by myself, that there has been people that have impacted my life. And, you know, I could think of two that so greatly impacted, I would have never been on either road. And that was Randy Lechner and Bill Johnson. And those two people over overriding all the, all the rest, were the two most impactful people in my life, one of them the prophetic, one of the apostolic. and uh, But all the other ones that contributed to when God started doing these things in my life and they would pour in. Ryan White came to the church. Todd Bentley came to the church um, and others. And so thankful for that. And uh, we're going to start having people back in at the gate uh, church here soon. And, and uh, we're looking forward to doing some more conferences again like that. So... Um, I'm really looking forward to it and uh, bringing some of my new friends even into the place and, and just holding uh, some conferences where we kind of go after God, which is what we like to do. Um, so those are the kind of things that uh, he'll be remembered for. He was a glory guy. He he lived in the glory. You know, some people are going, well, I didn't agree with this. You know, you know um, when it comes to relationships, you're not going to agree with anyone 100%. Um, and me and my wife don't do the drama. That's our, that's our kind of thing. Uh, sorry, we have a no drama household. Uh, we're very much at peace in our house and we're very much at peace in our marriage and, and we love each other dearly. And, uh, so we don't get into all the, uh, uh other forces out there that want to have drama. Um, I know you'll remember him. I'll remember him. I pray for his family. Um, Hannah and the other, you know, mercy and truth and given and, all the I think there's one more in there, two more in there. I'm going to forget, um, but pray for them and that they um, they they make this. Uh, it's going to be tough for them. It was kind of sudden. It wasn't expected at all. Uh, I do not have all the details, and if I did, I wouldn't release them to you. Uh, those details are for the family to release, not for me. Um, so um, I mean, maybe just give thanks to you know one of the things if you want to increase. Um, in your faith, an increase in your walk with God is give thanks for the people he brings in your life. Even sometimes the rough ed, the rough stones, you kind of have to give thanks for because you realize if it wasn't for them, um, uh, you wouldn't have saw something in yourself or you might not have, um, you know, uh, you know, the old adage, a pearl is made through, you know, th with sand and the abrasion of it and stuff like that. So, you know, you need the abrasiveness and you need the sweet aromas too. And you need both of those things. And so, um, give thanks for the people in your life and don't take them for granted because they're here today and tomorrow they're gone. And, um, it's, it's, it's rough. It's been, I've had, uh, five, uh, passings this summer, a mother, son, uh, uh, a member's wife. Well, she was a member too. Uh, one of our members, uh, 
Bill's wife, Benny, um, uh, someone I knew in the School of the Prophets 20 years ago, just passed away, and now Jeff. So it's been kind of a, um, a real, uh, and at the same time, I had a, a brand new granddaughter born, a first granddaughter. She's gorgeous. And, you know, that's life. And it's not always easy. It's not always fun. Uh, but it is always joyful to me in him. It's always peaceful to me in him. And I always can find that place in him when I need to. So, all right. So that's, I just want to put that out there. I, I, I you know, I love honoring people and, uh, I just want to share that, you know, uh, Jeff helped us. He broke us through. So did Todd and so did, um, Ryan Wyatt. And, um, they played an, uh, a role in the early, uh, formation of our DNA. Bethel played a huge role, um, in that and Bill, um, but, you know, it's nice to have, I'm, I'm someone who doesn't like stay uh, single stream. I love the different streams. I love the different uh, pers- uh, perspectives of different streams. I'm not someone who only needs one stream in my own life. I love to drink from other wells, um, even though I might not flow like other wells. I still like to drink from them. Uh, and so I, I've tried to do that. I've tried to uh, go across, ooh, cross that barren land to find the other stream, you know? And because, uh, you know, Multiple streams makes a really great river, like the Mississippi has multiple streams dumping into it, multiple rivers dumping into it, and that's why it's uh, such a, called the, you know, mighty Mississippi. So that's what the church should be. It should be these multiple streams coming into one big stream that causes the mighty river of God. Amen? Amen. All right. So uh, Sunday, I, I had made, I was making this week's message, and um Right near the end of it, the Lord uh, spoke to me, and and I saw something when he speaks. Now, the way I see visions is uh, God speaks, and my eyes are open to something. Now, some people, they see, and it's open to them, okay? Um, uh, John heard the voice of God in Revelation 1, and he turned and saw. Some people see, and then uh, then they hear. I hear and then I see. Now, some people go, well, you're a seer. I don't really, to be honest with you, I don't really get into that. Um, I just, I'm a child of God. I don't like trying to, because I don't want to wedge myself into a box. I don't want to wedge my, I don't want to sit there and be the guy who says, this is the only way God can spoke. Now, have I had visions? Yes. If I had open visions? Yes. Have I had dreams? Yes. I've had all those things. Um, so what I try not to do is to, um, um, is to try to limit those things in any way in my life. And, and it, there's a reason for it because it could really mess you up in the process. So um, in this, I saw, I, I could see this, Lord spoke to me about a tsunami of his spirit. And I saw the water pulling away and when I saw this, I was in my spirit going, Lord, what is this? And he said, this has been what's been going on the last couple of years. But I've been pulling away from the shore, gathering the water up to bring it back in a mighty tsunami. And I think we need to be really honest about something. The last five years, the church has seemed to um, go down. Now, we don't like saying that. But I can tell you, 10 years ago, there was a time you, you, you hungered to go to meetings. You hungered to go to outpourings. You hungered to go to, uh, you know, to be in the presence of God. And even though you're hungry for that today, where's it going on? And it's not consistent anywhere. And it seems like the fire is lost. Now, I, 
I know that people won't say that because no one ever wants to admit that. But there was a time, there was a time 10 years ago where um, even, even, even to be honest with you, seven, eight years ago, even maybe six years ago, where there was such a fervor in the church. And, and I think that I do believe COVID was the devil but God in the sense of that God permitted this to reset the church. And I, when I saw this, I was going, Lord, what, for what purpose was this? And he said, so my people would hunger again, because I don't think we believe this at all. But in the midst of God's outpouring, I think a lot of people got arrogant. Now, let me, I know that's not popular. I know that's going to, but what I mean by arrogant is we thought we could bring the presence when we wanted. We actually thought it was our faith. Now, faith's involved, but we, we were no longer dependent upon God. We, we, we lost that fervency of, um, of, of dependency and the awareness of our, uh, our lack of self-sufficiency because we thought, and I'm just telling you, you know, I hear the sermons and they're lacking the dependence on God. It's on, it's on, uh, it's a lot of man's wisdom and, you know, the America's been in a battle and this thing going on with Trump now. And, and by the way, let me just say something uh, off a side note. Donald Trump is the cleanest politician in the history of America. There has never been a politician more thoroughly examined by his enemies. The only person that has greatly been examined by his enemies is maybe Jesus. But I mean, think about this. They have how many probes, how many FBI investigations, how many deep state operatives have tried to get dirt on Donald Trump and they never have anything. Do you realize that me and you probably would never survive? We wouldn't emotionally survive it. But could you imagine being, you know, if we took every one of our sermons and we were just looking for a flaw? You know, if we were just looking for, I don't mean he's perfect. I don't mean he hasn't, you know, had an affair or anything like that. So I'm saying, I'm saying though, legally, the guy hasn't broken the law apparently, because if after all this, you have nothing on him that you had to go try, by the way, I don't, the government's corrupt and he knows it. We know it. All right. So he'll get through this one, but this is just, this is God. You go, well, this is God. Yeah. God has a way of making the enemy overplay his hand. That's, that's what, that's what God does a lot. He, he, he gets the enemy to be so confident in themselves. You know, the Bible talks about they set a snare, but it's for themselves. That, that I believe, and I said this Sunday at church before Donald Trump, that this revival is going to be a restoration of truth and of, of holiness, but it was also the way it would affect our government would be an exposing of all the garbage. By the way, the garbage, the lies, the corruption, and the occultic activity, the um, human trafficking, pedophilia, drug trafficking, it is all coming to exposure before it's over. And I prophesied that Sunday, and then I'm having this 
thing on Sunday afternoon. And so I want you to understand that I think that, uh, or I believe, I shouldn't say I think, I believe from what I heard, that this has all been in God's design. Now that's going to puzzle some people because why wouldn't God just give continuous revival? Well, I believe God wants that. I believe God's perfect will is that. The problem is, is that in his perfect will, he needs truly, consistently humble and thirsty people. And what happens is, is that life takes over. There's three things that are always stop revival. Three things and three things only. Are you ready for them? Deceitfulness of riches, desire for other things, and the cares of this world. Choke out, listen, choke out, distract, and prevent the ongoing growth and, and, and abiding presence of God. Um, revivals have ended because people want other things. They didn't steward what God, they didn't want what God wanted. Not that you don't have to steward revival. I'm just saying that they wanted things that God didn't necessarily want. Maybe it's fame. Maybe it's riches. Um, you're in revival and all of a sudden, you know, you, you go, I got to attend to this. And you get distracted by the cares of the world. Jesus had this statement to a Pharisee who said, I want to follow you, but let me go bury my Dad, I don't know if it was a Pharisee, it was a disciple. And he said, let the dead bury the dead. You follow me. That's, that's a stunning statement that um, people don't really want to adhere to. They think that Jesus is compassionate and loving. And he understands. He understands you got to take care of You go do whatever you got to do. I'm right here, Jesus. I'm, Jesus is right here waiting for you. And that's kind of the philosophy. But that's not Christianity. He is God. The Father is God. Holy Spirit is God. They are not our servants. We are theirs. We, we are the ones who must surrender. He doesn't. Um, we're the ones who obey. He doesn't obey us. You know, uh, We are not equal. Don't listen. Be careful. Be careful that you don't make a God in your own image. Even if it's Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus expects his servants to bear fruit. He expects his servants to be about the Father's business. He expects the servants to feed off of doing the will of the Father, because that's what he did. He expects us to follow in his example. That's the example he set for us. That's the example we're to live by. That isn't everybody's go-to. That isn't everybody's metrics. That isn't everybody's um, ability. And so... Um, I believe this has actually been in God's plan. Now, I've been saying this for a while, but I want you to know that that pulling away. And if you can confess and say, yeah, I, you know, I feel like, you know, the more I'm trying to be in the water, I'm not in the water. You know what I'm saying? Like, where's the water? <laughs> Where'd it go? That's, this is like happening in the vision. Like the water's gone. Well, that water didn't, that water didn't go to nowhere. It's gathering up. The way a tsunami works is, as that wave gets onto the continental shelf and builds up, it, it causes the water at the shore to pull back sometimes for miles. It'll literally dry up because that wave is rebuilding. And now that wave comes and it crashes on. Now listen to me. Let me give you a warning, okay? That tsunami wave is going to be life to those who receive it. 
but it will also crush those who don't. That same, the move of God can be life or death. It can be good or bad. It's always good, but to, to the person, it can bring life or it can bring death. How can a move of God bring death? Because you resist it. Because you're not prepared for it. Because when it comes, you don't like the manifestation. Let me explain something. I don't know what the next manifestation. I was in the 93 revival. Wasn't a whole lot of miracles at all in that revival. But you know what it was? It was holy and it was joy. And, and it was salvations. Now, there's always repentance in every revival. Okay, so people go, there would be great repentance. There's always repentance in every revival. That is not, um, uh, that is the least, oh no, I said that is the most common manifestation. Why? Because His holy presence is always going to bring about repentance. If you sit in it, you can't help it. You're going to realize you're not all that. So it always brings repentance. But I think the prelude to this, and what the Lord has shown me, is I've had prodigals after prodigals come back and text me and message me, apologizing, asking me to forgive them. People who left poorly, whatever, are coming back to Christ, are coming back to their first love. And the Lord spoke to me a couple weeks ago that this was the beginning this was going to be the foreshadowing of revival, that he was calling prodigals home. And I, I want to tell you, if you've got prodigals, I want, you to, I want you to be of good cheer. I want you to be of good cheer. The Lord, you don't have to go seek your prodigals. The father didn't seek the prodigal. The father and the son stayed and kept doing the father's business. The Holy Spirit is the one who goes and gets the prodigal and draws them back. And I've had this year many prodigals come home. And I don't mean come back to my church. Some have, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about coming back to Christ. That's my, that's my heart. To come back to my church or not, that's not, that's not my ultimate desire you know my ultimate desire is to come back to christ if the lord should lead him to come back to the to the gay church or come back to your church your prodigals that's fine but that's not my goal my goal has never been to attract people to me it's always been to lead people to christ and get out of their way somewhere along that way so be of courage i don't i'm telling you what the wave's building it's coming and i don't know where it's going to bust up first now i do believe because I had this three angel vision, and I want you to hear. I want you to hear this vision and what I was texted to on Monday. Now, I released this word partly on um, um, Sunday, because I, when I got this vision, I went right on Facebook Live and released it. And then, so let me give you the three angel vision. Okay, I want to I tell you about this one first, and I want to give the date, and I, I pretty much know the date. Um, the date was May uh, 14th, 2009. By the way, this is the day before I met Jeff. Is that amazing? Um, and I had this vision, but this, this is how it works with me now. So listen, you're going to hear me explain it here. The Lord spoke to me that he was sending three angels to America. I asked, who are they, Lord? He said, they are the angels of revolution, reformation, and restoration. Then I looked and saw three huge angels coming out of the Atlantic Ocean. 
They were in single files. They came up and then one by one, with their arms stretched out to their sides, they marched across the country, one following behind the other from east to west. I could see the water pouring off of them as they went. Their arms stretched to Maine to the Florida Keys and the water was pouring off, covering the land as they walked. They were big angels. They were in single file and the first angel of revolution stepped on North Carolina and then his second step was on Tennessee. And so on. The next angel followed and then the third. Okay, that was my vision. And then, and then on, on Sunday when I released this word, and let me just look this up real quick. I want to read it for what was sent to me because I don't want to I don't want to paraphrase it. So this is what was sent to me Monday at 11 o'clock in the morning. Had a visit yesterday with a Brazilian, a prophetic Brazilian couple who lead an international fellowship of prophets. They came at the direction of the Lord to tell me that they saw a tsunami coming to the shore of North America. But with each, uh, but with such strength, it will affect all the Central and South America. I did not know them previously. This morning I saw you on the internet talking about the tsunami. Thought to share that with you, whatever it may mean to you. Okay. And then, you know, might as well for this one, let's have some fun. And, and let's look up... Um, Let me see if I can find Jeff's word. Um, okay, you want me to, I'm going to read you Jeff's word. Just so, because you might not have it. It's a long one. So let me read this to you. In honor of our Lord and my friend Jeff. The five angels. While ministering in San Diego recently, the Lord revealed to me five angels that have been released in North America to bring revival fires to key cities. These five angels will be moving along five key highways that crisscross the United States. These highways will be known as the Revival Highways. Bob Jones had a visitation several years ago from an angel named Breakthrough Revival. This angel had 11 other resurrection angels with him, and he told Bob he had been sent to the States to prepare America for the greatest revival she had ever seen. The angel told Bob that he had previously been assigned to a man by the name of Benson Hidosa, from Nigeria. I don't know if I said that right, so please forgive me. But he had now come to the States. This angel said that stadiums would be, wouldn't be able to hold the, the masses of people, and they would have to go to open fields. The angel said, Bob, tell the people three words. Move, move, move. We'll be moving with those that move with the things of God. Well, listen to that. Whew. Man, folks, Lord, thank you for this. We'll be moving with those that move with the things of God. The angels of God are looking for sons and daughters of the kingdom to start decreeing and moving in faith. As we begin to speak at God's authority on the earth, all of heaven will come to back our words. The angels are being released to facilitate the will of God on earth. Remember the, the psalm that says, the angels who are waiting to do his word. Okay, uh, we'll get to that some other time. The five angels that have been released are breakthrough revival, winds of change, healing revival, great grace, and wisdom. I've encountered each of these angels over the past few years in key meetings as were ministered and brought powerful release of revelation, miracle, signs, and wonders. Each time I've seen them, it's been a meeting 
located directly off a major interstate intersection in North America. The five main revival highways are not inclusive or exclusive in themselves as revival files are burned all across America or across the states. But the places I've seen these angels move have been off these key highways. The five highways are Interstate 5 runs along the West Coast from San Diego to Canada. Um, saw a major explosion of glory of God and revival fires burning in San Diego, Santa Ana, Anaheim, Fullerton, Pasadena, all through Los Angeles and the surrounding regions, and Stockton, Sacramento, and Redding into Medford, Grand Pass, Eugene, and Portland, Oregon, and into Vancouver and Seattle, Washington, also Vancouver, B.C. Last year, while ministering in Grants Pass, Oregon, I saw an angel winds of change moving up and down I-5. This angel was the angel that sparked revival in Lakeland just a few months later. I then saw Interstate 95 on the first on, on the East Coast, running from Maine to Miami. Pelted with fires of revival, the cities that stood out were Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Daytona Beach, Jacksonville, Savannah, Richmond, Washington, Baltimore, Philadelphia, New York, and New York City. Also New Haven, Connecticut, and Providence, Rhode Island. I saw massive fires in Boston on the crossroads of fire, uh, crossroads of East where 90 and 95 meet. Last year I had a visitation of the Lord himself in January as we were starting off the year in the Boston Crossroads Glory Conference. The Lord, uh, the Lord came to me during the worship service and handed me two stones, one red and the other green. He said to me, Jeff, this nation has been a natural government established here in Boston, but now they're going to see my government established here in the States. The Lord then said, See, Jeff, my government is upon my shoulders. The stones of the Lord given to me were Urim and the Themim, which were placed upon the shoulders of the high priest, actually into the breastplates of the high priest, um, which were placed on the shoulders of the high priest in the Old Testament. These stones were determined the precise will of God in every situation. It's amazing. This is like a mystery. Um, um, people don't really, we don't really understand everything about the Thunum and Urim. It is um, upgrade Friday on smoothies. Every Friday, me and my kids get smoothies. All right. You probably didn't need to know that. But that tasted really good. Jesus is the head and we are his body and, every, and carry his, garment, uh, his government in the earth. Boston will burn with the fire so hot that they will come from the nations of earth behold the glory. I saw the interstate 9094 from Boston to Seattle, along the cities like Albany, Syracuse, Rochester, Buffalo, New York. I saw Cleveland, Toledo, Ohio, and Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison, and the Fox River Valley in Wisconsin, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Fargo. North Dakota, I saw Billings, Montana, Spokane, and Seattle, Washington, all burning with different levels of degrees of the glory of God. I saw Interstate 10 running from Jacksonville, Florida, to Los Angeles, California, Along these revival highways, I saw Tallahassee, Florida, Mobile, Alabama, Houston, San Antonio, Texas, were burning with intense heat. Tucson, Phoenix, Arizona, LA were all blazed with glory. Fire. I believe many cities will have invita uh, invitation to host a presence of the spirit of revival, but only some will receive. Remember, I said, like, you know, you have to be willing. Bob Jones had seen a similar vision. Oh, last year I saw Interstate 40 running through the middle state. This is why I was interested in this, because I had that angel stepping onto North Carolina, which is I-40. Okay. 
I saw a similar thing came with the regions over uh, 40 uh, Revival Highway. In the, in the vision, I saw a similar thing with the key overrun with angels, activity, explosions of power, and the glory of God. Starting on the East Coast, I saw Raleigh, Greensboro, uh, Asheville, North Carolina, engulfed in the flames, Knoxville, Nashville, were some of the brightest revival flames burning on the map. I, raw, uh, raw hunger would be at the fuel that would feed revivals. Memphis, Little Rock, Oklahoma City, Albuquerque, and back to Los Angeles were, were aflame. The Lord also revealed to me other uh, uh, circuitry that would work within these revival highways and spark new life into regions as heaven invaded the days to come. The Lord showed me what he called the Topeka Triangle that runs from Topeka, Kansas, Houston, Texas, then up I-10 through Phoenix, L.A., then back to Topeka, forming a revival triangle. Topeka was key in the Azusa Street revival. His glory will be seen upon you. We are in the season where the ways of revival are beginning to build again. This time it will spin, uh, spill upon a whole corporate bodies of believers in key cities and regions. Um, okay, I'm just going to stop there because there is more. I might post this. If, uh, I will. I will post this. I'll maybe post on my blog uh, these revivals. And why is this important for me to say to you? Me and Jeff got these words. Uh, uh, Jeff had released his um, uh, back in, uh, let's see, I, I just copied it. So this is obviously wasn't sent to me. But um, someone did send this to me. Um, so... Um, it's important for us to understand that I believe this has been God's will. Now you go, Lou, but why does it take so long? Why, why didn't this happen right away? Why, you know, in God's time, it hasn't taken long at all. And unless a seed falls in the ground, it abides alone. We're all going to die. Um, but you know what? I want to tell you a little secret. You don't want to die with all God's promises to you fulfilled. Some of the things God gives you are, are, are for generations to come. And you are giving birth to it, but or you are the one got impregnated with it, but you aren't the one who gives birth to it. And sometimes it takes three generations. Listen, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to bring a promise to pass. First trimester, second trimester, third trimester. Abraham carried the first trimester of the covenant. Isaac carried the second trimester. Jacob carried the third trimester. And the birthing of that was Israel. Sometimes, let me explain something. Sometimes God gives you promises that it is two generations away of being fulfilled. Now, the problem with the church is we all think Jesus is coming back tomorrow, so we're, we're in this panic mode sometimes about promises coming to pass. And you have to understand that you follow God. Do what he's got in front of you. Keep praying for what the promise is. Keep praying for the vision. I've been praying over this thing for years. Well, 13 to be exact. And I think, you know, I do believe it's coming. I hope I get to see a part of it. Maybe the Lord will be after I'm alive. Um, but I know it's coming. And and um, I, I trust the Lord on what he sees fit for me to do with it. And if it's just to, if I'm in the first or second trimester of it, it's okay. It's okay with me. I trust him. I trust his, his wisdom and 
uh, and what he would have us do. And um, some of our promises are, are not for us to necessarily walk in, but for us to carry. And they're for the generations to come. And I hope you understand that. Because if you don't, you think everything's got to be fulfilled in your lifetime. And then, then you know, what do you leave for your kids? Remember, a good father leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So it's talking about money. But leave them the promises that, are, that just weren't fulfilled. Not because you delayed them. Because it just wasn't for their timing. David, David had a promise of the tabernacle. He, he, God said... All right, I'm going to have you build a house, but you're not going to build it. Your son's going to build it. But you know what David did? Go read it. David put away all the gold and the silver and started collecting things that Solomon, his son, would need. The only thing David didn't collect was really like the timber because the timber, you know, wasn't time for that. He didn't have a place to store all that timber that he was going to need. I'm just saying that sometimes... Sometimes the promises, the great big promises we have, we are to just move the baton a little bit farther, a little bit closer down the thing, but we aren't the ones crossing the finish line, so to speak. I don't know if my generation is one that's going to see the Lord come home. You know, and I don't prophesy that I am. I know this. The Lord's going to, you know, I'm good. This is my last generation, so to speak. You know, I'm 57. I've got about another 60 years and that's it. You know, I don't know how long I have. As the Lord, as the Lord sees fit, and um, I'll trust Him in that. Okay, so let me pray. Father, give us a heart for revival. Give us a heart for this move of God. Give us a heart for what You intend to do in the earth, Lord. That we would see Your glory. That we would see Your glory in the earth. I thank You for that, Lord. Thank you. Help us carry. Help us prepare. Help us put away. Help us to store up what's needed, even for the next generation. May our prayers begin to fill up the bowl in heaven, to fill up the, to fill it up. So until the time is full, until the prayers have been full, until it's time for you to do it, to do your will. I know you have revival for us. I know you have an outpouring, of, uh, an awakening. I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, God bless you, and I love you. I'm praying for you. Let me know what the Lord's been showing you. Let the people who are watching this know what, uh, what you've been seeing. It will minister to them as well as to me. God bless you, and you have a great day. Bye-bye.